Lapcom Communications. Welcome to this episode of the Sunday Schmooze. This podcast series features Rabbi David Vigler, co-host Mitch Zachary, and select guests. Rabbi Vigler was ordained in 2004 in Melbourne, Australia, and spent the next 10 summers learning, teaching, and sharing the concepts of Chabad Lubavitch movement in places like Kyoto, Luxembourg, and Eindhoven. Rabbi Vigler and his wife, Rebetzin Hannah Vigler, have been married for 14 years. They have eight children. Rabbi David Vigler is one of nearly 5,000 Chabad Lubavitch rabbis around the world. Together with Hannah, they work 24-6, serving their chosen community, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Rabbi David Vigler and Rebetzin Hannah Vigler are on a mission. Connect with every Jewish family and share the meaning and message of life as seen through the lens of Kabbalah, the Hasidic movement, and the teachings of the Rebbe. We are still reeling from the shock of the cowardly attack on the synagogue out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, just one week ago. And we're trying to make sense of the tragedy. With us here on the Shmooze, we're going to have special guests talking about the Jewish way forward. We're going to try to find a path forward to be able to discuss some courage, a vision of courage, a vision of strength, and an answer to stand up to those that want us to fold chairman of the world's largest Jewish organization, that is the Chabad Lubavitch Worldwide Headquarters with over 4,000 affiliates across the world. The chairman of the worldwide movement is also my wife's grandfather, Rabbi Yehuda Krinsky. Thank you, Rabbi Krinsky, for joining us here. My pleasure. Rabbi Krinsky, chairman of the worldwide movement of Chabad, you have a tremendous amount of... uh, synagogues and Jewish centers around the world that are under your uh, jurisdiction, that are under your responsibility, as I'm sure you have affiliates in Pittsburgh as well. Could you share with us uh, some of your uh, thoughts and reflections on what happened in uh, in Pittsburgh and how it affected any of, of your affiliates? Well, uh, we have uh, centers around the world, several thousand centers in 101 countries and territories today. And uh, we have a wonderful community, a Chabad community, as part, a major part of the Jewish community in the city of Pittsburgh. I've been there many times, and I know many, I know many people there. And this, this, this massacre hit world Jewry very hard, and myself particularly, knowing so many people there, and knowing how life is in Squirrel Hill, that's the uh, location where the tragedy happened. Um, uh, I, I can just tell you that our people, I've, I've gotten emails from our facilities around the world, thousands of Chabad houses. And in the past few days, what they've been, what I've been hearing from is that they've made special study groups to learn Torah study and to have special prayer groups in, in honor of those Kedoshim, those holy souls that were killed and massacred in a horrible way just because they're Jewish. Never, never thought that this would ever happen on American soil. Really touching and tragic to hear that uh, the kind of feedback that we're getting from around the world. Well, they, they, they're notifying us of, as to what they're doing. Uh, it's very inspiring, I must say. Uh, it's all embracing because it's all over the world and in, in over 100 institutions. Uh, people are very upset, very, very pained. And, you know, when something of this nature happens, it really touches you, brothers and sisters 
parents and children of the Jewish people. It is very, very arousing, very, very touching. And people look for some solace, for some hope. And I, I, I got to tell you a story if I, I take a couple of minutes for that. Rabbi Vigler, is that all right? Absolutely. You know, uh, we, we would love to hear from you. You're, a, you're certainly a person that has spent more time with a spiritual leader of the, of, of the Chabad-Lubavitch worldwide movement with the Rebbe more than anybody else. What would the Rebbe say to us about this tragedy, in your opinion? Well, I, I, I can reminisce about a story that happened with me personally uh, in 1956. That's about 62 years ago. I was still a student, a senior student in the Rebbe's yeshiva here in Crown Heights section of Brooklyn, New York. And uh, it was at that time uh, that Kvar Chabad, that's a city that the previous Rebbe established uh, near Tel Aviv in 1948. In Israel. Uh, in, in Israel, yes, near Tel Aviv. And in 1956, it was still a fledgling in, uh, city. And uh, it was, uh, it was uh, occupied, I shouldn't say occupied, uh, the people who lived there were Holocaust survivors who, uh, thank God, survived and came to the Holy Land with the hope they would start a new life uh, with the new families, and et cetera, et cetera. And in 1956, uh, well, I should preface this, that what the Rebbe wanted, the previous Rebbe and the Rebbe afterwards, since 1950, he put a priority in the type of, the type of village he would like to see, and it was basically based on establishing ed- Jewish educational institutions of various nature. And uh, a series of uh, vocational schools were set up for learning printing and carpentry and agriculture. And in the spring of 1956, we got word that the students in the vocational training school, in the middle of the afternoon prayer of Mincha, some Fadayin broke into their classroom. Arab terrorists. And killed, Arab terrorists, yeah, and killed six people five students and one of the teachers. And I can't tell you, I was old enough to realize that these people had just come from the Holocaust. And they have this double whammy. They thought that to be living in peace in the Holy Land. And this, 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 this massacre of, of five innocent children and an innocent teacher it just blew everybody away. And people were lost. The people in Israel didn't know what to do. And around the world, the Chabad was not as large as it was then as it is today then. And uh, uh, what the Rebbe did, he wrote them, advising them not to leave Kvachabad. They should live, remain living there. They want, many wanted to leave. They just, as I said, it was a double whammy, right just after the Holocaust. And he advised them to stay. And he said, you, build, you keep on building those institutions, those Jewish educational institutions, and you will see that this will console you. And what he did in addition to his writing letters, he, he selected 10 senior students from the yeshiva. I happened to be one of them. And he sent us to Kvachabad for about a month. How old were you at the time? The, I was uh, 22 or so. Yeah, I was 22. And uh, we lived with the people. We lived in the Kvar. We ate there. We studied there. We slept there. We had Shabbos Kiddush together, and we, we really, really got to know them, and they got to know us as well. It's a long story. In fact, I, the, I, one of my commissions on that trip was to be the, the secretary to record, to write a diary of everything that happened for the 28 days that we were there, from morning till night, and from night till morning. 
So I, I, I have a, a book of all the details. It's, a, it's amazing what happened. But what the Rebbe wanted is that they should remain. He gave them support and, you know, um, hope. Hope is something very precious, extremely precious. It's striking in its similarity it. to the to the tragedy in Pittsburgh, where a synagogue was also attacked. That, that's why that's why I, I look at it as, as reminiscing about something that actually happened this week. Hope is precious, but you can't buy it. But it's in within you, and you have to be able to expose it. The point I want to make is at that time the people were so broken, there was no hope, and the Rebbe had this knack. And we know this all of his life to expose the hope within people, to awaken within the people hope and, and forward-looking, uplifting. Yeah, he always had something for everybody to do, no matter who it was. And what he did was he, he they, they decided to stay. They couldn't be happier today with children and grandchildren and beautiful institutions. And this is what we need today. We don't have the Rebbe personally here to inspire us and to give us hope. But we know what he wants. And the Shluchim know exactly what he would do, what he would say today and what he would tell them to do. And that's what they're doing, thank God. You have thousands of shiurim, limudah Torah, Torah study, and special prayers, and, and more people coming to show. One of the things that the, the, our shluchim around the world taught, told their people was, now because of what happened in the synagogue, even more so, you should come. More people should come to synagogue. More people should pray together and study together and, and, and live with each other with love. And, and, and hope. This is what Chabad people are doing around the world today. What a touching story, Rabbi Krinsky, about uh, a community that was devastated at the very beginning of Israel's uh, the, of the modern Israel in 1956, where they were trying so hard to rebuild their shattered lives, only to be cut down again. Five students and their teacher were shot down in the middle of prayer. The Rebbe's response was to rebuild the hope through action. Not through complaining, not through retreating, not through trying to find someone else to blame. The Rebbe's response to the tragedy in Kfar Chabad in Israel in 1956 was to be able to redouble our commitment, to redouble our efforts, and that will fan the flames of our hope and our ability to continue to march forward. This message is so powerful and relevant to us today after the tragic cold and calculated killings that took place in the Pittsburgh synagogue where we now are reeling from the shock and this is not a time to to complain it's not a time to seek someone to blame this is a time to rebuild our broken hopes and our aspirations this is a time to recommit to strengthen our commitment to our synagogues wherever they are around the country to strengthen our connection to our faith to our people and to our proud Jewish identity Rabbi Krinsky, you, you uh, authored a beautiful statement for everybody that was very inspirational. Can you talk a little bit about the, the statement that you put out so that people felt like they were actually helping, they were supporting? I, I wrote a very brief statement uh, recognizing the tragic event and that people should gather together, people should express love and light and, and all, all, all things positive as opposed to complaining and, and quarreling and just live as one, one family, like one human being, everything put together. And, and this, is what, this is what will bring us hope and this is what will repair 
the pain, alleviate the pain, and repair the the the, the what's going on in the world today. I don't, I, I can't even describe it, but you know what I'm talking about. Where the hatred is so rampant, and and and, and the, the uh, I don't want to talk about any anything political, but we need, we need healing in, in this country, and I think we need it in other countries as well. And the only way to heal it is to be together, to be helpful, to be kind, to be polite, to be respectful with each other, no matter who who we are and who the other people uh, are. And, uh, and as far as the Jewish people are concerned, we're all brothers and sisters. We're all one large family, a blessed family. You know, Rykinski, the, P- the city of Pittsburgh is uh, the city of three rivers, and it's known as the city of bridges. Apparently, it has more bridges than any other city on- in the world, which is fascinating that you speak about the message of unity, of building bridges between fellow human beings and within the Jewish community between each other as fellow Jewish people ignoring the labels, overlooking our differences, and building bridges with each other, just like the city of Pittsburgh, the city of bridges. Now, talking about hope and hope through action of revitalizing our broken spirit after the tragedy in Pittsburgh, we uh, are celebrating a, an extraordinary show of Jewish pride at the global convention of Chabad Lubavitch rabbis taking place in New York City. Can you tell us, Rabbi Krinsky, please, about uh, this incredible conference taking place in New York? It is truly incredible, and we are celebrating the 31st annual international conference of the Rebbe Shluchim from over 101 com- uh, countries and territories, and growing uh, every year, the past year, about 120 couples went out to take up positions in different countries around the world. That's once every three and, days. Yeah, yeah, if you do the math, it's, it's quite extraordinary. And I must tell you, there, there's a line of young couples waiting to go out when places are found where they can be, where they can be helpful, either with existing systems of Chabad systems are new systems in smaller communities. You know, you, a couple can spend a lifetime in a community with 500 families and, and, and be busy 24-7. Uh, and, and the shluchim, as they are, with the shluchos, their wives and their, and their kids, who in my estimation make sometimes a, better, a wonderful impression on other children in communities with their parents, and the parents learn from Chabad children how to teach their own children how to respect the parents and how to live nicely and be be friendly and, 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 and you know uh, not 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 to fight and not to quarrel. The uh, it, it is amazing. It is amazing to watch the shluchim as they work. But in any case, as far as this convention is concerned, most of them, not all of them, can come and leave their posts. But I would say that at the uh, at the at the, uh, the banquet at the finality at Sunday night. There'll probably be close to 4,000 shluchim and, uh, together in one room at a banquet. And many of them brought their little children before Bar Mitzvah. Hundreds of kids came as well, and they, they have their own fabring and their own uh, sessions uh, in different, different uh, buildings. They, there's no building large enough to have the parents with the children. It's interesting to note that the children, the hundreds of children that come, come from different countries. Many of them study together on on, uh, on, uh, on internet. The, the Chabad one. online school, the virtual school right. online. Right. There's right. no local right. jo- local Jewish schools where they live in these uh, far corners of the earth. 
if I can divert for a moment, what, what, what I've, what I've uh, witnessed is many of the children don't speak the same language. They're all Jewish. They know how to daven. They certainly know, you know, the, the, the language Hebrew and the degree of Yiddish. But they come from different, different countries and speak different languages. But they get along beautifully. It's beautiful to watch them getting to know each other. Some of them studied together each day but never met before. It's a fascinating Life. What's amazing, Rabbi Krinsky, is, is that you were the one who is actually responsible for having launched this uh, concept of the Global uh, Chabad Conference. Can you just tell us just a little bit about that? Yes, the concept was brought up in 1984. And uh, I sat with a few comrades, a few shlochim, three or four of us were sitting around and uh, brought up the possibility of creating a, uh, a conference of whatever shluchim existed at that time. And uh, I asked the Rebbe about it, if he would if he would approve of such a thing, if he thought it was necessary, etc., etc. And he was very much for it. And that first year, we had about 70, 65 shluchim. Chabad rabbis. Chabad rabbis. That got together in, in, a, in a room in our, in our uh, headquarters at 770 Eastern Parkway in Brooklyn. And we spent two days, Shabbat and Sunday, just 65, perhaps 70 uh, together. And the next year, there were about 100, and it grew annually to the extent that today you have approximately over 4,000 shluchim, emissaries, uh, envoys of, of Lubavitch, of the Rebbe. At this year's conference. Uh, 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 the, well, yeah, at the conference, but, and around the world, there's more than come to the conference. It, it's, it's an amazing group of people. And, and, and what, 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 what's amazing is that the uh, Rebbe, in his wisdom, was able to create an institution called, became, it became an institution called Shlichus, being emissaries. And it has become the most successful Jewish organization and the largest in the world today. Amazing. And the work they do at 24-7, it's unimaginable. It cannot be recorded because everyone has their own life stories wherever they're located. And there's something happening every other day. This is what they find miracles, how the successes that they have that were unrealized and unexpected. It is, it is massive. It is massive and, 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 and growing. It's not finished and it will never finish. It's amazing. It, 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 is really, it, it, is, it, is, it is really amazing. I, I think it's one of the world's best kept secrets. Rabbi Krinsky, thank you so very, very much to be able to talk to us about uh, the Rebbe's vision on uh, the future of Judaism, being able to inspire Judaism through activity, through engagement, building schools, building synagogues, and just engaging Jews on every single level at the world's largest Jewish organization, the Chabad houses around the world, and their very, very touching response to uh, the tragedy that you that you were involved in in Kfar Chabad in Israel in the 50s, and how we too can resuscitate our hope through action and engagement instead of uh, cowering in fear. Thank you, Rabbi Krinsky. Keep strong and keep healthy in leading this uh, beautiful Jewish organization as world chairman of the, of the worldwide Chabad Lubavitch uh, Jewish uh, organization. We're thrilled and honored to have you with us here on the Sunday Schmooze talking about this extraordinary global conference. May we all go from strength to strength and may we all uh, be successful in uh, building the most beautiful Jewish communities in every corner of the world. Thank you very much and God bless you all. Thank you. Shalom. Shalom.
If you have a comment on the Sunday Schmooze, you can contact Rabbi David Vigler directly at rabbi at jewishgardens.com. That's rabbi at jewishgardens.com. As you're listening to this show, I want you to know that you are a part of the Jewish people. If you were born to a Jewish mother or if you converted to Judaism, it means you are an integral and critical and vital part of this Jewish nation. But that doesn't mean that it will continue to the next generation by itself and it won't even necessarily be meaningful to you by itself. You need to take an action. You need to take charge. You need to take leadership. You need to do something because when we act on our Judaism, that's when we begin to feel our Judaism as well. Friends, have a wonderful week. Mitch, thank you. And uh, shalom, learn about us at jewishgardens.com or send me an email to rabbi at jewishgardens.com with any comments or feedback. That's rabbi at jewishgardens.com. Shalom. Lapcom Communications.